Clap for that, you stupid bastard. Who's gonna win it? The Celtics! I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die! Wow! Yeah, I thought it was funny. 1-800-CALL-JOE The Playing Catum Podcast Please clap. Oh yeah! It's Super Bowl week! On Playing Catch-Up! I love football. I'm Brian. And I'm Everett. Today, in our main segment, we'll be joined by my cousin and our senior New England sports correspondent, Daniel Foss. Whoa. Big get by us. That's a huge then, get. Later in the episode, we'll be doing the second pause of the week, Brian's movie moment, if I decide to keep that in. Please do. And Everett will have his future predictions. Oh, yeah. Everett's future moment. But first, the headlines. In what was President Biden's first major legislative accomplishment, the Senate passed Friday a $1.9 trillion COVID relief packet. The bill was passed after the Senate engaged in what is called a vote-o-rama, where senators can introduce as many amendments to pieces of legislation as they please. Republican senators drafted nearly 800 amendments to the plan. It will comfort everyone to know that as part of this COVID relief package, the United States Embassy it will stay in Jerusalem. I, like most Americans, had far too many sleepless nights throughout this pandemic about where the U.S. Embassy in Israel will be located. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I thought it was funny. A little funny in there? <laughs> Senator Joni Ernst. What state is that? Alaska? Yeah, uh, no. She's not from Alaska. You're Missouri? Uh, well, whoever she is, she instituted an amendment to, the pro- um, to prohibit raising the minimum wage. Oh, wait, she's from Iowa. Pandemic. I knew that. Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa instituted an amendment to prohibit raising the minimum wage during a pandemic. The actual proposal, however, did not have this. It said the, the wage hike would take place over five years. So, uh, with uh, support from Bernie Sanders, it passed unanimously. Isn't that funny? Other Republican amendments included limiting COVID aid sent to the state of New York, which was not passed, and an amendment that banned banning fracking, which was passed. A double ban? Yeah, they canceled out the bans. Wow, so um, like that's like a double negative. Yeah, so they can't ban it. So do do fracking, please. That's what they're saying. <laughs> please frack. Um, <laughs> surviving the amendment process are direct checks of $1,400, which are now being restricted, restricted from high-earning families, $400 per week jobless benefits, $350 billion in state, local, and tribal government relief, a $20 billion national COVID vaccination program, $50 billion for virus testing, $170 billion for K-12 schools and higher education aid, and a $30 billion rent and utility assistance fund. Wow. Holy moly. The plan eventually was passed at around 5 a.m. Friday morning with Vice President Harris casting the tie-breaking vote. The plan will now move back to the House, where it will be put to a vote as amended. Pelosi has said she hopes this will happen by the end of the month. Everett, Beals, what are your thoughts on the package and the ordeal it took to get it passed? Wow. As usual, as one might expect, um, they really tried to shoot this one down. But I'm glad that uh, good old Majority Leader Chucky Schumer, you know, he sucked to his guns, and this time he was like, we're not going to... 
give them that many inches. Because I believe he was talking about remembering what happened the last time they had to do that. Um, so when it comes down to making these big decisions, you know, it's it's good that it's going through. And I'm also glad that, you know, they're un- understanding, as we've discussed numerous times, that compromise doesn't necessarily mean um, give up on everything we brought to the table. So... New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has come under renewed scrutiny after nine of the state government's health officials have offered their resignations. Throughout the pandemic, the governor has become increasingly critical of the state health department, saying that he doesn't trust the experts. Recently, Governor Cuomo has forcibly altered the state vaccination rollout plan to be administered by hospital networks, as opposed to a previous plan originating within the Albany bureaucracy that focused on coordinating with local health departments. With New York State now lagging in vaccine rollout, Cuomo has drawn further criticism from his recent decision to open, reopen, I should say, New York City restaurants for indoor dining despite per capita case counts being 64% higher than when he ordered them closed, according to the New York Times. Brian, what do you make of this guy? Um, well, we'll discuss this at, at greater length in our Bozo segment later. Oh, that we Spoil- certainly will. Spoiler alert. He wins Bozo, but Kuomo seems like he's flown a little bit too close to the sun after this one. Um, Real Icarus after he accepted, moment. After he accepted his special Emmy for press conferences, uh, now his wax wings have melted and he's crashing back to Earth. The Kuomo brothers were really riding high at the beginning of this pandemic, you know. They you know, were. Chris, they are. They were beloved. You had um, this guy, Andrew. Andy. And um, now nobody likes them. Our next headline deals with Alexei Nelvaney, who we have not discussed uh, much on this show yet, so here's a brief overview. Nelvaney is probably the most popular and prominent critic of Vladimir Putin in Russia. Last year, Nelvaney was poisoned with a nerve agent as he was getting on an airplane. Nelvaney was brought to Germany for treatment and a few weeks ago decided to return to Russia. Nelvaney was immediately detained and his arrest sparked massive, unprecedented protests and civil unrest in Russia, in which more than 5,000 people have now been detained. On Tuesday, Nelvaney appeared in court as they announced they were charging him with parole violations, and he would be sentenced to three years in prison. And on Friday, earlier uh, Friday morning, uh, he returned to court and was charged with slander against a World War II vet that he allegedly, allegedly insulted in a YouTube video. Everett Beals, what reaction does this behavior by the Russian government warrant from the U.S. and our allies? Oh, man. It's really hard to say exactly what the right decision to do, to make would be. Um, Navalny has spent a good deal of time as being the opponent, the opposition leader, um, which essentially has very little power, but... What he's been doing, he's released several documentaries. I started watching the latest one where he talks about this, like, super palace that Vladimir Putin is constructing. Um, And he goes in-depth about this, like, spider web of the oligarcho government. And I hate spiders. You're right. (laughs) Brian's terrified of them. This this oligarchy which has arisen um, not, you know, not very long after what we've had like this Russia for like 30 years, right? Just under, so. Um, And very quickly, uh, Vladimir Putin has become Russia's 
absolutely most powerful and wealthy individuals, according to Navalny, anyway. Um, you know, I, th- it's hard to say, like, whether you can just go with a universal condemnation, because essentially it's saying this government structure should no longer exist. Um, and that's a bit big. Um, but also it's the right thing to do, I guess. But being a not foreign policy expert, I I don't know what the right call for our man Joe is. I do know that what he should do, probably, what I would think is reasonable, is to be a lot tougher with uh old old Vlad over there. You know, you you gotta you gotta take a clear line, unlike Donnie, who who's like, man, I love you, um, and you gotta you gotta you know, it might be good to take the opposition leader seriously here, so. Yeah. Maybe Congress could do something, you know, write a little resolution in support of uh, Democratic protests. Who knows? What do you An think? An angry resolution. A very angry... Maybe Ted Cruz <laughs> can do do something. Can get really upset. That's what he's best at, getting really angry. And that's what leads to those killings he did. Um, <laughs> that, of course, was the Zodiac killer. But, Brian, and I'd like to hear what In the summers of 1960s think. in California. Yeah. Um, I feel like this moment, um, with the right pressure and support from the United States and our allies, could um really be a bridge towards a more democratic system in Russia. Um, you know, similar to uh, Nelson Mandela. Although I think the abuses in Russia are not necessarily similar to apartheid in South Africa, but. Uh, it could be a similar situation where Nelvani's power increases while he's in prison, much in the same way Mandela's did. And, um, you know, if we get a coalition of uh, European nations and, uh, you know, us, Canada, Mexico, um, we can put pressure on them and possibly lead to some elections. Uh, who knows? Um, yeah, I think the yeah, presidential so terms good. there are six years. And the election, last one was in 2018, I think, where he won by landslide again, the President Putin. Crazy, right? Or the UN could just be like, hold an election now, take him out of prison. Unfortunately, all the UN can really say is, or else, and then they just kind of wait. It ne- no, Vanny's actually a little spooky too, but what's wrong with nearly him? nearly as bad. He's nationalist as well. Oh, yeah. The lesser nationalist. Uh, the the oft-featured U.S. representative from Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene, was removed from her committee post in Congress after a 230 to 199 vote on Thursday. Eleven Republicans joined the unanimous Democratic caucus in stripping Ms. Greene from her positions on the House Education and Budget Committees. The move came after calls were raised, primarily from Democrats, that Ms. Green's comments, in which she berated school shooting survivors, called for the deaths of Democratic Party leaders, and suggested that the California wildfires may have been started by a space laser created through a wholly debunked Jewish conspiracy. In her speech on the floor on Thursday, Ms. Green acknowledged the truth of 9-11 and school shootings and admitted her regret for supporting the QAnon conspiracy theory. Despite this, she did not appear to walk back or apologize for her aggressive attitude towards her political opponents. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi later labeled Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy as QCA, 
as opposed to RCA, to identify his party, in a statement which was printed, seemingly to attack his unwillingness to fully disconnect his caucus from Ms. Green. Bryant, isn't this crazy? I mean, she's just... We don't stop talking about this lady. It's pretty disruptive, huh? Well, Everett, prepare for a long diatribe. <clears throat> oh, here we go. No lang, uh, no language or behavior like this should be tolerated in the in the upper echelons of government, or frankly anywhere in society. I actually don't understand how she even got elected. Was she running against like someone's cat or something? That's possible. Sense. There's like a dog. More seriously there. though, what kind of statement does this make about the quality of people we have who are offering themselves to public service? And what does it say about the electorate in this area who tolerated this language throughout the campaign? But honestly, Everett. I'm not sure how much this matters. We talked about the COVID relief package already, but this morning I was watching CNN and MSNBC to hear more details about it. Another thing I wanted to talk about was, oh, wow, Marjorie Green, how how most improper this woman must be raked over the coals. Yeah, sure, whatever. But um, you should come out with that. Democrats should come at her with all the funding they have in 2022 and just get her out of office. But seriously, what does this sort of action do? How much of an impact will this have on curbing the spread of conspiracies or healing our country's division? Not much, I don't think. She actually has more time on her hands now to do press conferences and tweet whatever kind of crazy shit she wants to tweet. I don't think this kind of move actually does anything except for House Democrats to flex their muscles and say, oh, look what we can do. This doesn't do anything for anyone who too, and doesn't help to solve any problems. The House should focus on, you know, passing COVID spending bills, solving climate change, reinstating voting rights, passing D.C. and Puerto Rico statehood, stuff that actually impacts Americans and can help us solve our problems, not ceremonially raking someone over the coals or putting them into the timeout corner. Wow. Can you tell that I prepared that? Yeah, it seems like a pretty bold statement, Brian. That's crazy. It was rehearsed. I agree. They should definitely be doing a lot more. Yeah. Um, we know that Brian right, here was not the baby. On a <laughs> on a lighter note, in our final headline of the week, the weekend is performing in the halftime of this year's Super Bowl. Everett, are you a the weekend fan? Um. Sure. Yeah, I. Why not? I can dig it. I think there's some good music there, right? Are you? I'm a big fan. So, uh, do you think this is a good place for this gentleman he, to be? He's actually uh, not incredibly PG or family friendly, so maybe I don't know. Maybe this was the wrong choice. Well, do you do you expect that he will tone it down? Yes, but I just don't know what songs he can play. Besides, I feel like can he do blinding one? lights? Yeah, he can do blinding lights. That's it. Maybe That's he'll come up it. with some original compositions about how much he loves football. <laughs> the football song. And he and do, he was do, in um do, do, he was in Uncut do, Gems, right? Mm. Was that him? So he mm. can just like sing about Adam Sandler. <laughs> he learned so much. He's like, one time Adam Sandler yelled at me, but it was okay because he was in character. Um Everett? Yeah. I think that's it for our headline segment. We'll be right back with our com- with my conversation with my cousin Danny. Wow. I can't wait.
All right, welcome back. So our next segment, Everett was tied up in a meeting for Clark University, was not able to join, so we will not hear his direct expanded perspectives on the Super Bowl. But Everett, real quick, who is your pick for Super Bowl winner? <clears throat> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know why? I'll give you one reason. Because they're cool? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I own more merchandise for them, which is three things, a cup, shirt, and a bucket hat, than I do for the Chiefs, which is zero things for now. That is how I made my decision. As you can tell... How much merch you had? Yeah, as you can tell, I've put a great deal of thought into it. I would also note that the few times I've played Madden on my own device, yeah, I, I chose the Bucks. So, basically... I think I've done everything I can to help Tom Brady. All right. And a win for Tom. Here's my conversation. He's oh. a win for New England. Am I right? The region, mm. not the team. Yes. All right. Here's my conversation with Danny Foss. All right. We're joined now by our senior New England sports correspondent, Dan Foss. Danny Foss. Daniel Foss. My cousin, what what's what's the what's the pulse of everybody else, you know, people in your house? I know you're all Patriots fans. I don't actually know what Teddy's. Um, yeah, he's he's been going back and forth. He has different allegiances, but so what's what's the temperature of the like the most diehard New England sports fans, which is definitely middle schoolers. What is what's been the hubbub surrounding the game? What are people saying? Are they rooting for um, Tom? Are they rooting for? Uh, they, they I don't, don't care? think I know, like, personally, don't know anyone that isn't rooting for Tom. You So everybody's rooting for Tom Brady? Everybody I know is rooting for Tom. And nobody's nobody's harboring any resentments about Tom leaving New England and now playing for a different team? People are just gung-ho? People are just sticking with Tom. Why? <laughs> I don't understand that. Like, when, <laughs> I don't know. When, when, when Mookie Betts was playing for the Dodgers... Um, after he got traded, it's a different scenario, obviously. I wasn't rooting for the Dodgers in the World Series. I'm not rooting for the, I'm not rooting for Kyrie on the, on the Nets right now. Is it because oh, that, no, is it because the Patriots are not in the, in the, um, in the playoffs or is it really a different scenario with Tom? Uh, I think it's just because the, the Patriots failed. I mean, if. If the Patriots were going to up against Tampa, I think we'd all be rooting for the Pats, but... So if it had been a Cam Newton-Tom Brady Super Bowl, which would have been incredibly weird, you think people would, would have been people would have been on board with that? I don't... I don't... I wouldn't. I mean, playing against our former quarterback, that'd be weird, and yeah, I don't know. But people generally still like Tom Brady, even though he left. People aren't mad about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Couldn't tell you. Probably just because he's so great. I don't know. <laughs> because he gave so many Super Bowls to the Patriots? Yeah. That's probably it. How do people yeah. feel about Patrick Mahomes? And Patrick Mahomes is a big people. A lot of young people are big fans of Patrick Mahomes. He's the future of the, of the NFL. Once Brady gets out, he'll probably be the best quarterback in the league. What's the feeling about yeah. Mahomes? Uh, so, I know uh, a lot of people are rooting for Patrick Mahomes, but 
Um, personally, I think that he's gonna he's gonna play well on Sunday, but I, I don't think he's gonna he's gonna come through and win back to back. So your prediction is for Tom to win another. Yeah. So um, Kansas has definitely looked better this season. Um, but I think it's gonna be a close game, but Tampa's gonna win. Yeah. I I don't know about it. I'm not I've been following football season this year. I actually had a brief stint where I was rooting for the Seattle Seahawks of all people, of all teams. Um all teams. Uh I don't really know why. I just think I'm so distraught about Brady. And you know, you know our house. We have a divided half the family yeah. is pa- is Steelers. Then you have Will and I. Um, I don't think Will cares. Um, no, he probably cares the least in the family. Yes, but I think everybody else is Steelers, and you know, I I was actually a Green Bay Packers fan when I was playing football in middle school, and elementary school, because I wanted to be like Clay Matthews, um, which was weird. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I never I, I haven't been so connected to the Patriots, but. Um, I definitely felt bad when Tom was gone. But do you get the feeling yeah. that kids today, um, people your age, are more... Because people often say that a lot of kids today, um, they follow players instead of teams. Like, they are a LeBron James fan more than they are a Lakers fan. Or or a Heat fan or Cavs fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so are there a lot of people who are player fans with Brady or Mahomes over the Patriots or um, the Chiefs? Or do most people, especially in New England, because the Patriots were so good for a while, um, are people more connected to the team rather than the player? Um, I think it's split. I know a lot of people that are definitely uh, more like like the players more. I know Steelers fans that are... Uh, Antonio Brown's fans that loved him in, um, in, at in the at the playing for the Steelers, Oakland Patriots, and now uh, Tampa. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? Um, do you think that Tom Brady ever liked New England fans? Ever liked this the, you know, culture there, or was he always in a conflict between the owners and the general manager? And Bill Belichick too. Um, I think he, I think he did like the fan base and the, the people that surrounded him. I mean, he's said it before. I mean, don't necessarily know what's going, going on in his mind, but I think, I think he's being sincere and he, like the the Patriots fan base and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's not. I think the the reason he said he was leaving, um, back, you know, last year when he left is because. Oh, the reason people, a lot of people thought he was leaving was because um, they didn't, you know, give him enough talent. He didn't have enough people um, playing for him, playing for the Patriots that were, um, you know, as good or could help him win another championship. So uh, there was obviously some anger on his part, but you think that he liked the fans above all and was a New England guy, but he was sort of forced out, you know? Well, well, yeah, he also definitely was also mad because he didn't have anyone surrounding him, anyone that, I mean, he had a good defense, but once they took Gronk away, I mean, we didn't have any running backs anymore. I mean, so. 
And then, yeah. and then they have they lose Antonio Brown. Patriots release him in the first game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, do you think that Brady and Belichick have a rivalry now? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a rivalry, but definitely something. There's something going on there. <laughs> yeah. There's some sort of something happening there. Because everybody's like, you know, uh, Brady 1, Belichick 0 or something. Um, yeah. Now that they're in the yeah. playoffs and Belichick's team is not. Um, do you think that your entire world would come crashing down if Bill Belichick left the Patriots to coach the Bucks? What would ha- What would you do? That's a that's a hard question. How long would you cry if for? He left, how long would I cry for? Uh, maybe a day or two, and then I'd probably become a Tampa fan. Um, you would have to actually yeah, move to Tampa. You wouldn't be able to stay in yeah. England. Yeah. No. I'd become a Rays fan and a Miami Heat fan, to be honest. Nah, I'm I'm gonna stay with the Celtics, but. All right. Yeah, I don't I don't know what would happen. Um, like I I'm definitely I've been a Patriots fan for my whole life, so I don't think I would really necessarily switch and become a become a Tampa fan, but definitely Yeah, it would it would be weird. All right. So one more thing I wanted to look on uh, about the Super yeah. Bowl before we move on to other Boston sports. Um Prop bets. Do you know what prop bets are? No. So prop bets are things in sports gambling where people um, vote on different things um, that are not part of the game. Like they don't vote on who's going to win or lose, who's going to have um, more touchdown passes and that sort of thing. It's like crazy stuff that you can actually bet money on. So I'm going to run a few of these prop bets by you. Um, and you tell me if you think this is stupid, and also I want you to tell me who you would vote for. All right? right. Who you would put money on. So the first prop bet that they have is the Puppy Bowl winner. All right? So every year on the Animal Planet, right before the Super Bowl starts, they had the Puppy Bowl. Puppies, it's pretty simple. Um... Pretty simple, you know, situation. They have the Lombardi Trophy. Yep. Um, And they always have two teams. So, are you going to put your money on Team Fluff or Team Rough? Or is this just stupid? (laughs) (laughs) It is stupid. uh, But if I had to put money on a team, I'm taking Team Fluff. What's the rationale behind Team Fluff versus Team Rough? What are you thinking there? Uh, no... None. There's no rationale. I'm just... Because you don't even know who's on the team. Nope. Don't know. But also, I haven't watched the Puppy Bowl in a while. I don't really know how that works. Like, how do they win or lose or score? I think I watched it, like, three years ago, and they just throw a bunch of toys on the field and then commentate it. Yeah. All right, here's the next one. How long will it take uh, Jasmine Sullivan or Eric Church to sing the U.S. National Anthem? So, um, some examples of uh, national anthems throughout history. Um, Whitney Houston, two minutes. Jose Feliciano, he did a minute 40. Uh, Marvin Gaye went over two minutes. Um, 
So Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church are going to sing the national anthem together, I think. Um, so what do you think? Is it going to be over or under two minutes, or are you not betting on this? Um, I think a smart person wouldn't bet on how long the national anthem is going to go for, but I'm going to say under two minutes. Yeah, because it's hard to go over two minutes. Yeah. It's a short song. Got to drag everything out. Um, so the coin toss... You can bet on the coin toss. Um, I'm taking tails. I'm already taking tails. Tails never fails. That's the, that's the, that's, that's the, you know. Been taking tails since I uh, knew what heads and tails were, so. All right. Taking tails. So, uh, in the broadcast, this is another prop bet. Which Tom Brady fact will be mentioned first? So, when they're doing the broadcast. Super Bowls. Are they going to say 10 Super Bowls Bowls or are they going to say he's 43 years old? I'm taking 10 Super Bowls. You're going to say that? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say this is this is his 10th Super Bowl. But you would, would you keep that? Would you bet on that, I mean? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, the weekend, he's performing the halftime show. Um, there's a bet you can do on him. Uh, over, under, um, wardrobe changes. So they've, ha- they've set the over, under at half a wardrobe change. So, you can either say there's going to be none, and there's going to be at least one. What's your, what's your thinking? How many times will the weekend change his wardrobe? This is dumb. This is dumb. If anyone bets on this, you're dumb. People are betting on uh-huh. this. You have to know. I mean, people are betting on the, on the, the, the stocks of GameStop right now. That's stupid. stupid. <laughs> What's your thought? How many wardrobe changes? I'll tell you what I think. Yeah, go I think ahead. you can. You this. There's actually uh, um, a lot of thinking you can do behind this. The weekend. We all know he's playing a character right now. Um, his character is called the character. That guy that has like the red suit, the bandages, bloodied face. That's what he's been going with this whole album. I would assume that. That will be his wardrobe throughout the whole performance. That he'll still be in that character. These people have been talking about that character. He's brought it up um, in his press conference that he did. So I think I don't think he's going to change his wardrobe. I think there's a possibility that he changes from the character back to the regular we- the weekend and the Super Bowl halftime show is the end of that character. But what's your thinking? I I'm going to agree with you. I think that makes sense. And also, I have not been following the weekend, so. <laughs> You've not been following his 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 stuff, no. 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 Um, will Ariana Grande be on stage during the halftime show? People seem to think that Ariana Grande will be on stage. Um, why would Ariana Grande be on stage? Because I don't think does the weekend have a song with Ariana is there, Grande. Is there a connection? There's no song with Ariana Grande. Maybe she's just popular right now, I guess. Um, I'm going to say no. Dan, what's your thought? Um, yeah, there, there's no, I, that I know of, no connection between Ariana Grande and The Weeknd. So I don't know why she would be, but you never know. Do you think that The Weeknd will mention Canada? Do you think he'll mention no. the, the country of Canada? The weekend is from Canada. He's from Toronto. Um, will he say Canada in the halftime show? 
during the halftime show. This is dumb. This is a dumb question. I don't know why anyone would bet on what words are going to come out of out of his mouth, but I, I don't know. Um, how many times will Bill Belichick be mentioned in the show? In the broadcast, there's an over under of one. Do you think he'll be mentioned more than once, or he won't no. be mentioned at all? I think it's an easy. Think... That's an easy bet to say, more than one. Yeah. Some people are saying he's gonna get one shout out and that's it, um, but I I don't think so. I think it's over. I think that um, the people commentating the uh, the game are gonna are, when when they're talking about Brady. I think you got you kind of have to bring up Bill Belichick at least once or twice. All right, here's an, here's another prop bet. This is real. These are all real. Will the price of Bitcoin rise or fall during the Super Bowl? You know what Bitcoin is. You're just a kid, yeah. but you know what Bitcoin is. It's a crypto yeah. online currency. Do you think the price of Bitcoin will go up or the price of Bitcoin will go down during the Super Bowl? I'm ki- I don't know why, again, why anyone would bet on this. Um, I'm just going to say up. I'm gonna say it's gonna go up. Yeah, it's a good, it's a safe bet, but don't bet, don't yeah. bet on any of this. Yeah. Um, final bet that we're gonna talk about: What color will the Gatorade be that is poured on the game-winning coach? So you got your standard Gatorade colors: orange, red, lime green, that sort of greenish yellow thing, um, clear, blue, or purple. So last year... I'm taking either blue or red. Blue or red? So yeah. last year, Andy Reid got an orange Gatorade. Uh, Belichick got blue Gatorade in 2019. Doug Peterson got yellow Gatorade in 2018. What do you think? Blue or red? I think... I'm, I'm still going to say with blue or red. Uh, also, just because... Well, not because it it really I think it depends on what the team likes and what because obviously the players aren't gonna pick a Gatorade that they don't like to drink. So. But also the color of the Gatorade is, is important here. Andy Reid got orange Gatorade that's sort of similar to what's on the Chiefs jersey. Belichick got blue Gatorade, which is what Patriots color. Patriots are. Yeah. So it's either gonna be red or orange, I think. Depending on who wins. Yeah. Um, one more prop bet. This is the final one. Who were the Super Bowl MVP mentioned first in his speech? Teammates? God or Jesus? His family? The city? The coach? The owner? Or none of the above? I'm saying... Well, it, de- either... it depends on who you think the... Um, MVP will be. Who the MVP is going to be, yeah. And whether or not they're religious, whether or not they like the city they're in, whether or not they like their family, whether or not they have family. Now, if we have, if we had seen the game, <clears throat> if we had seen the game, but the MVP hadn't been announced yet, I think you, it, you could make a safer bet then because you could have an idea of who would be the MVP. Mm-hmm. But before the game, that's a stupid bet because... No one knows who it's going to be. Yeah. But, like, 
if it was a player like, say, Tom Brady or a player like Tom or uh, Patrick Mahomes, two very different people who have had different experiences in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So. Those are the prop bets that I, I saw that I have on that list. I also heard that there was prop bets on what the first word that... Um, so, remember, the, did you ever hear of the Amanda Gorman, the poet that was um, gave a poem at the inauguration for Joe Biden? Yeah. So she's giving a poem before the Super Bowl this year, apparently. People are betting on what's the first word of the of her poem going to be. No, but that's impossible to predict. To, to predict what she's going to give a poem about or what it will start with. So I didn't want to bring that one up because that one's just crazy. All of them are crazy, but that just kind of brings it to another level. All right, so let's move more. So, Danny, you are our senior New England sports correspondent, so you don't know just Patriots and Tom Brady. You also... Cause I was covered with the Red Sox, the Celtics, Bruins a little. Wide variety. Wide variety. Um, so now I can tell you, I I couldn't name one player on the Bruins, but you can't name one player um, on the Bruins. At the moment, no. I, if the unless the guy that I'm thinking of is left, Just but I'm not. Say sure say the name. Left. Let's. I'll cut it out if it's not there. Uh. I can't think of his name, so... Oh, okay. I, well, I know that's helpful. Who I'm th- he's just a tall guy, that's all I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tuka Rask, that's one. Brad Marchand, another. Oh, yeah, that's who I was thinking of, Tuka Rask. Yeah. He's still there. Okay. Oh, I'm okay, pretty yeah. sure, I mean, he could have been... He could be <laughs> traded while we're talking right now, so who knows. Um, quickly, before we switch to a different <clears throat> sport, I want to do one more Tom no. Brady thing. What hurt more for you personally... Mookie Betts getting traded, or Tom Brady leaving in free agency? Tom, by far. I'm going to say um, Mookie. I was de- really? Yeah, and I have a rationale. I'll let you speak first, but I have a reasoning for saying Mookie. Alright, so I have followed um, football more closely than I have... Um, more, clo- more closely than I have baseball, and I've also um, grown... I grew up watching Tom Brady um, every weekend that the Pats played. And so to see him leave and also choose to leave. um, It's painful. Kind of, yeah. I mean, he also, I mean, he didn't really have that much of a choice. They weren't giving him anything for money. He didn't have a team surrounding him, so. I think think Mookie's more painful because that's a player that's still – you know, not at the beginning of their career, but nowhere near where Tom Brady is in his. I mean, Tom Brady will probably play until both of us are dead. But um, I, I think I think it's stupider, and I don't think stupider is the is a word. It's more stupid for the Red Sox to trade Mookie Betts, a player who's still within his prime, even though Tom Brady's prime is still happening as well. Um, to the Dodgers for, you know, n- no reason. They didn't have to do it. You know, they had a choice. The Patriots had a choice. They could sign him. They, you know. They they could have given him more money. Yeah, but it was eventually it was Tom Brady's decision to leave. Mookie Betts was, you know, he wanted more money. He wanted to go to the Dodgers. But they didn't have to trade him. 
So, it would be like if if the Celtics traded Tatum right now. That would make no sense. Yeah, or Jalen Brown. If Jalen Brown said, I'm not sure, I think I want a little more money next time. And then they were like, guess what? Yeah. You're gone. Yeah. But, but also... Head over to Brooklyn. The, the Red Sox are the... are the, They are charged the highest ticket prices in, the, in, in baseball. They are second or third in the amount of revenue that a baseball team brings in. It's probably the Yankees or the Dodgers. Um... And still, they were like, eh, we don't want to pay you. <laughs> we decide we're not going to spend money. Um, but, I, you know. I'm actually trying to keep a good player. They, they, they make all that money back in fried dough and <coughs> sausage dogs and baseball and Red Sox hats in two weeks. But whatever. Yeah. Who cares? I do. Obviously. Um, speaking of, I don't know. <laughs> we weren't really speaking of them. Um. But what? Okay, one more Tom Brady thing. I I gotta I gotta stop with Tom because he's gone. I have to let him go. But you know, think back to a time, 2018, the Red Sox just won a Super Bowl. Patriots just won. Uh, the Red Sox won a World Series. Patriots won a Super Bowl. The Celtics, you know, that year they beat. They were about to beat LeBron and. Um, the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Bruins win the Stanley Cup Finals, but then Kyrie leaves, um, Gordon Hayward leaves, Mookie leaves, Tom Brady leaves. How far we have fallen! I think I, 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 the the Bruins are still the best in the NHL. The Celtics are, I'd say, are still good near the top of the Eastern um, Conference, but the Patriots and the Red Sox are. I've definitely stepped it down like two or three. Yeah, and it's sad, but yeah, it eventually had to happen. But I wish, you know, I think it was because my family got season tickets to the Red Sox. Then Boston Boston sports <laughs> fell apart after that. They were like, oh, uh, did you see the thing about the the Houston store owner that bet like three point four six million on on Tampa? Really. Yeah, he's like a local store owner in Houston, but three point six million dollars on Tampa to win the Super Bowl. Wow, he must have some inside information. <laughs> Nobody would. He has a time machine. He is Tom Brady, um, or he's Patrick Mahomes, and he's gonna throw the game. It's probably easier. Celtics, let's do a little Celtics. How are you feeling? Just what are your general thoughts about the Celtics right now? Uh, what are they, fourth in the Eastern Conference right now? Third, I think. I'll check the standings. Um, the Celtics are fourth in the Eastern Conference, yeah. Fourth, alright, yeah. Sad. We lost to the, we lost to the, what, Knicks? No, we didn't lose to the Knicks, I don't think so. We lost to the Kings. Oh, the Knights, the who Kings. was it? Oh, Kings. Whatever, I don't know, I'm mixed up right now. Um, we we did beat Golden State, though, in Curry. And Golden State stinks right now, but, you know. Stanky. Um, we lost to the Lakers by one point. That was pretty close. By one point, which shouldn't have happened. But, you know, Smart is injured. Kemba is not good anymore. 
Um, he has yeah, he hasn't looked good since he came back. You know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are still obviously getting better, but we still don't really yeah. have a center. I don't know, Danny. I don't think this is our year. No. As much as I hope for it I to be. I definitely don't. I don't think we're going to make it to uh, semifinals or uh, Eastern Conference Finals this year. No, not, e- not even the Eastern Conference Finals. I think... I think that... I don't know. I go back and forth on whether or not this is the... Yeah. Whether or not we could win a title. Because, <clears throat> you know, a seven-game series I mean, last- with Los Angeles, we'd, we'd probably... You know, probably be even, or we'd win. Yeah. Everybody at full health. I mean, last last year at the uh, at the end of the uh, Eastern Conference Finals when we lost to the Heat, um, they were saying that we had a great chance of coming back and maybe even making it to the finals next year. Um, but um, now you have Brooklyn. Philadelphia's gotten better. Yeah. It's all, it's all confusing. It's all going downhill. Um. My life will never be the same. <laughs> but I peaked. It's all it's all downhill. <laughs> I peaked. It's all downhill for me. Just like just like New England sports. Just like Party New England peaked. sports. They're all over. Sell the teams. I'm gonna buy all four franchises. And then we're gonna soar towards the towards the Jup towards Jupiter. That's the that's New England's track. All the way up. All the way up, just straight up. Um, would you trade Kemba for um, a bag of chips? Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> at this point, um, what do you think the Celtics need to do to win the Eastern Conference this year? What could they do? What could they do? I don't know. They need a center. They need a better center. Um. I don't know. I don't know what they could do. They just have to. They just have to step up their game. They have to. Would you do? I don't know. Would you do Kemba for? Uh, would you Would you want to trade Kemba Walker? Depends who we take back. Who Who we get? What we get from it? Yeah. If we could get a top tier center in the NBA, like yeah. Nurkic on the trail on the Trailblazers or. Vucevic in Orlando, uh, Clint Capello in the Hawks, maybe. Um, if we get one of those guys, I'd trade Kemba. But otherwise, who knows? Otherwise, I think we'll keep him. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe Taka will take a step up. Maybe Robert Williams take a step up. Who knows? That uh, that jump shot from Taka, though. That Taka can hit threes. Taka's basically yeah. James Harden at this point. And then, uh, and then that little crossover into the dunk right after. Mm-hmm. He's a nice guy. He's not just, not just funny tall guy anymore. Him and uh, Jalen have definitely stepped up their game. Jalen, Jalen has definitely stepped up his game more. But I think Taco's definitely, definitely improved a lot since last season. Mm-hmm. All right, Danny. I think we've reached the end of our New England sports talk for today. So you, your right. your money is on your money is on, it's on Tampa. Red Gatorade and Tampa. That's what your production. Red Gatorade and Tampa. Yep, all the way. All right, Danny. See you on Sunday. Wow, wasn't that great? I thought it was cool. Well, I haven't heard it yet, but I'm sure it was. Not yet. But I will.
All right, Evan, before we do Bozo of the Week and Brian's movie moment, we have a little segment. I don't really know what it's going to be about. I just told Everett, wouldn't it be funny if you had some funny predictions for the future? Um, so here's Everett's predictions. Okay, Brian, you can just provide a quick thought. They aren't that funny, but, you know, I, I looked in. I, 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 I consulted the spirits. Okay, so here's the first one. Brian, we're almost 10 years beyond the year 2012. That was the year the world was supposed to end. So aren't we somehow, like, decennially, arbitrarily overdue, like, for something even worse? Isn't it time for, like, an entire continent to get wiped out by a supervolcano? Not that I want it to happen, but I feel like there has to be some major, like, you know, it's been 10 years about, it's about time someone said, hey, you know, with all this going on, there's also going to be an asteroid, so that's just a thought. Do you, do you, what I mean, give it a few weeks, North Dakota will be gone. <laughs> there's enough COVID cases. Well, yeah, that's true. What some people dispute whether North Dakota is there right now at all. I haven't met someone from North Dakota yet, but it was in this movie, so it must be real. Um, prediction two. This isn't necessarily original, but what if like this year, suddenly cable is appealing again? Like I don't have cable anymore, but subscription services are increasingly prevalent as corporations seek to maintain relevance in an era of streaming. Eventually, somehow, we have to pass a tipping point where there's just, like, too many, right? Because now you got, like, Discovery Channel Plus. So every channel has its own streaming service. And, you know, at some point, you got to go back to piracy. Or maybe cable just comes up with something even fun. Er. Are you saying pi- piracy as in video television piracy or like barbary coast a series reboot of of um the pirates of the caribbean i'm not sure or it could be like what wasn't that like a thomas jefferson thing the barbary coast so am i wrong yeah barbary pirates that's fun that was just like a thought i mean (laughs) um fun prediction three (laughs) what is that supposed to be it's Snapchat. <laughs> nice. Fun prediction number three. Um, things actually get better. This is my final prediction. It's pretty controversial, <laughs> but what if like this year things were better than they were last year? <laughs> oh! I know. Now you're this not. This one's their craziest one. Yeah, you're not hearing this from, from some millennial. You know, this is me talking. Okay, so it's not. It's. It's not coming off as uh, funny. You know, this isn't just some corporate appeal to saying, hey, you can buy a product now because there's a light at the end of the tunnel. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, you know, maybe everything is magically fixed tomorrow. Who knows? We can go back to brunch tomorrow? We can go to brunch. We can have the national prayer breakfast. And I can start, you know getting upset at people from the comfort of my own home again instead of having to go out and not wear a mask to show them how much I hate them. So <laughs> that can be the difference. Wait, what? That one didn't make sense. 
So you're saying when the pandemic ends, you'll be able to spend more time. No, people inside? will be able to retract themselves and go back to their home, because oh, they'll be okay. able to uh, berate other people, without having to disrupt them in in public in in such a large way. <laughs> I don't understand. I you asked me to be funny, and I'm. So your final prediction is that, in this year, people will be able to go back to their homes and stop being so mad outside <laughs> yeah they won't feel a need to get angry at people do you have like a neighbor who's like going outside every day no i'm just imagining like someone who actively goes to grocery stores to make a scene when there's no more scene to be <laughs> made coronavirus agitator? They, when there's no one to agitate you just gotta gravitate hmm. back to facebook it's really, it, it's simple. That rhymed. I know it does. When you got no one agitating, you got to gravitate back to Facebook. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a complicated rhyme scheme. Mm. So that's, that's everything I got, unless Brian wants to drop in a little thought. I mean, I thought three would be great. That's pretty, that's pretty much good. That's probably longer than Brian's movie moment. Jeezum, okay. Let's wrap this part up then. Brian, thanks for coming out for this little fun segment. I'm glad you gave me the funny pass for about 10 minutes. You can have it back now. Everett, you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for Brian's movie moment. I was going to say it's actually about 5.10, but... Oh. Oh. Well. But there's... What are you going to do? Talk about, like, a, a movie? Yeah. Which is it, Brian? That feels like the obvious follow-up question. Mank. Mank? What? What? Mank Did you... is a good movie. Really? How many bags Four of popcorn and a half out of five? Four and out of five. Really? Oh, man. Four and a half Manks out of five. That's a lot of Manks. Mank stars Gary Oldman, who plays Mank. Mank is a man who writes screenplays. He wrote a movie called Citizen Kane with a man named Orson Welles. Somebody liked it, some people didn't. I thought it was good. If you go to film school, they make you watch it. I watched it one time. Didn't like Did it. Did you watch it at film school? No. No. Mank! Amanda Seyfried, she's in this. She plays Marion Davies, a friend of Mank. Mank! Is this a Netflix original? Mank hates Louis B. Mayer and William Randolph Hearst. He hates them. Who are those Because people? they use their platforms to make, uh, they make f- fake newsreels to help get a man elected in the California gubernatorial election of 1934. Oh, that's cringe. The man they tried to destroy in the election? Upton Sinclair. Oh, I know him. Upton Sinclair. Played by Bill Nye. In this movie, Mank. Mank! Mank is in black and white. The actors are mainly white. <laughs> David Fincher directed it. His dad wrote the movie. You know who else wrote movies? Um, Mank. Oh, I get it. It's full circle. Mank is on Netflix. We'll probably win some Oscars this year. Check out Mank. What is Mank's full name? Is it short for something? It's short for... Mank!
And that was the whole funny, was you'd say Mac. I'm sorry if I'm completely... Yes, de- in a way. I'm, I'm deconstructing your, your... In a way, yes. <laughs> in a word, yes. His name was Herman J. Mankiewicz. And folks called him Mac. Mm-hmm. And he had sort of to, like a nickname you give to yourself. Right. So he like gave himself a title like like you wanted to be called what was it, Snowman? Snowman. Right. Yeah. And like there's a guy at work who calls himself Yeti. Right. No, I get and it. And the Zodiac Killer called himself the Zodiac Killer. Right. Ted Cruz chose that name for himself. Alright, Everett, is it time? Time for Bozo. Yeah. Sing the song. Mm-mm. Okay, no. play the soundbite. It's your favorite moment of the week. But you just went through the crowning of a bozo. Does that mean that the whole thing is just little moments, and it all has to do with the song? This is our other favorite bozo what? moment. Is the better moment? Your favorite moment of the week, as opposed to movie moment. Well. How about this is the moment we've all been waiting for? This is... That's what I was trying this to do. This is the zenith of the... Of the I'm all not the saying that Bozo of the Week will be as short moment. as the mo- movie moments. Those are intended to be little little tiny bibbits. Surely you there's a better word for one your of mouth. them. That's just a little one bite surprise. And this is a, this is that- a whole... Feast of this bozos. is an on- this is the entree. This is the <laughs> this is what you're all here for. Well, technically, the meat of the episode is the beginning, right? In the middle. Everyone loves the middle. This is actually, like they hate the middle. This this is actually the dessert of the podcast. The headlines are the appetizer. Wow, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense to model everything I do from now on after food courses. It's sort of like going to Pedro's because... You know, it's a lot like a like, five-paragraph essay. The The best part of a Pedro's meal is the chips and the guac. Ah. Uh, Once you get done with that, it's all downhill. Sometimes you get a churro at the end. That's fun, too. Sometimes you go home and you eat a Weight Watchers chocolate bar... Uh, from your fridge. I assume it has raspberries Freezer, I in mean. it. What'd you say? It would have raspberry glaze, I assume. No, it's it's just it's just chocolate, like a chocolate. fudge bar. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we're not Sometimes we're not so different. similar as I may have thought. They're yogurt bars. Oh no. Are you thinking of like an outshine bar? No, no, I'm thinking of like one of those, those, it's like a Dove one, dark chocolate. Those fruit things? No, no, it's not all fruit. It's chocolate. <laughs> and then in the middle, it, you know, in, on the inside of the chocolate is vanilla. And then around it is like raspberry sauce between the chocolate and the vanilla. This is our excellent content that we have for the Super Bowl. You can episode. tell we're thinking really hard about this. This is the height of content. I've actually been reading from a script the whole time. Yeah, we wrote this I wrote ago. this out months in advance. I wrote this out in 2011. It's been kicking around studios for a few years now at this point. That part is actually probably true. 
Should we should we just take this whole thing over again? Tell me about the bozos, Brian. R A. I know I am. All right, everybody. It's time for your favorite event of the week. That's right. No, not the big game happening on Sunday. It's the bozo of the week. Oh my. Now Everett. Everett Beals. Yeah. You live at Drive. His phone number is five. What's the rest? Four. Yeah. Anyways, Everett, I have some nominees for yeah. I sure should. Hope you do, man. Would you like to hear him? Wait, let's let's hear that funny sound, Everett. Say the say the words we love to hear. You are a. Do I say bozo. do I say bozo or does your dad say bozo? No, I wanted you to say play that sound. Oh, but you know, Brian, play that sound bite. You are a bozo. All right, Everett, our first bozo. You are a bozo. Who is he? Who are they? Our first nominee for Bozo of the Week goes to that wonderful or not so wonderful fellow down in Albany, New York. That's right, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. You are a bozo. On Monday, Everett, nine New York health officials resigned after it came out that Cuomo's government had undercounted the amount of deaths linked to New York's uh, nursing homes, which is now almost double what the state initially reported. Cuomo has also come under fire for sidelining, as the New York Times put it, health experts in vaccine rollout and spread mitigation policies. In a news conference on January 29th, Cuomo said, quote, When I say experts in air quotes, it sounds like I'm saying I don't really trust the experts. It's because I don't. Oh. Wow. This coming from that fellow, Andrew Cuomo, who was oft a critic of President Donald Trump for doing the exact same things. Yes. Wow. I recall when New York was in a, what some might call a spot of trouble last spring. Um, you know, everyone on the, on the, on the internet was like, wow, look at this guy up in Albany doing the Lord's work. He's really something. I wish this guy would run for president. And it turns out actually, you know, if you went to New York, they'd be like, no, this guy is killing our people a friggin bozo he is a bozo and, you know he is after my grandmother he wants my grandmother dead it's because he eats their souls apparently that's that's what a native new yorker would tell you all right everett the next nominee is a whole set of bozos is that even we are possible labeling one bozo you are a bozo that's right the school board of san francisco oh you are a bozo. San Francisco School Board recently made a controversial decision to strip the names of non-woke figures, or what they saw as non-woke figures, off of the names of 44 schools. High schools, middle schools, elementary schools. The school board has dedicated several meetings and hours of research and work to determining which historical figures, Abraham Lincoln, current Democratic California Senator Dianne Feinstein, and George Washington among them, Determining whether or not they should be canceled. This decision happened, uh, this decision making happened as that school district has not yet executed a plan to reopen schools. On Wednesday, however, 
The city of San Francisco sued the school board in an attempt to force schools to reopen. Wow. It sounds... Kind of a bozo. Yeah, I, I read about that. The second part sounds like this school board's really stupid. Because they just, like, act independently of the city. Not just the government, but what the people want. And I guess, like, San Francisco has a really low rate of transmission. And the biggest problem for school activists in the city is that... I believe the line in the New York Times was it's created de facto segregation. Because all the private schools where the wealthy San Francisco people go are all open. It's, like, a couple, mm-hmm. like tens of thousands. And then, like, the 54,000 other people, children in San Francisco who don't have the resources to go to private school have been out of school since March. Um... And the rate of transmission wow. there is really low. So it sounds like there's a bunch of bozos in charge over there. Um, some have also compared this to uh, President Trump's 1776 commission, in which he sort of said, hey, there's no such thing as racism. Uh, the founders were all saintly figures who never did anything wrong. Um, however, I think um, we Americans should find ourselves in a... Uh, middle point between the 1776 commission and what these pack of bozos are saying in the San Francisco public schools. Uh, so you mean to say it's Dianne also... Feinstein, for example. Right, it's also revisionist history, but in the other direction. We actually have four bozos today, so here's the third one. You are a bozo! The okay. penultimate bozo. This is another group of people who are we are calling one bozo. <laughs> The reopening of Chicago public schools is currently being halted due to a disagreement between the Chicago's Teachers Union and the Chicago Public Schools. Teachers are demanding that schools not reopen in Chicago until several actions are taken to ensure teachers' safety, which include, among other things, vaccinations for all 25,000 teachers who work in the Chicago public school system, a process which could take several months. The Teachers Union is apparently ignoring the scientific consensus there is no link between classroom environments with proper precautions and an increase in the potential for COVID spread. Where there is a link, however, is in depression, other mental health issues, and suicide among students isolated from the classrooms. Many school districts around the country are experiencing an uptick in suicides and suicide attempts among students in isolation, including several within the Chicago public school system. The increase in Chicago was so alarming that several pediatricians in the Chicago area signed on to an op-ed in the Chicago Sun-Times, urging school districts to reopen schools. Everett, this is sort of a sad bozo. Um, but I'd say a rightly put candidate for bozo. What do you say? Uh, uh, yeah, very well. I mean, I understand why they're doing it. Um, you know, my dad's a teacher, so I get a, I get a view into... <laughs> The world of that, and I think most teachers everywhere, they're very stressed and concerned about being there as much as they'd like to have it, and they worry that government is not being responsive enough, um, like to getting teachers vaccinations, um, which makes sense to me. Uh, but it is true that presently there appears to be little risk as long as everyone is doing the right things. But Chicago's a big place, so, you know, this isn't just, like, some little, little, you know, this isn't Waterboro. It's Chicago. 
Um, my gripe with this is that I sort of see this as um, an opportunity they have taken, taken to uh, grandstand and make a larger point about teachers' pay and um, another of other issues that are uh, critical to be addressed, um, you know, very, if not now, then soon um, for these teachers. However, uh, the time to make that statement um, should not be during a global pandemic where t uh, many students are, you know, isolated from uh, the people, you know. Now is not the time for a you know, strike, They're, they're says friends. Um, what? Now is not the time for a strike, says Brian. Yeah. Yeah. You know, parents who cannot return to work until their children have something to do during the day, mm -hmm. um, you know, like going back to school. Um, a lot of parents don't want to leave their kids at home if they're in kindergarten, per se, and cannot afford child care or don't have um, a grandmother or some other person in the family to take care of that child. Um, I think that this, in some ways, is a little selfish. And I know this plays into uh, uh, the larger um, stereotype of teachers' unions as being um, money-grubbing uh, fools, uh, bozos, per se, who always just try to ask for more stuff. I don't agree with that stereotype. I think it's a stereotype. Um, but I feel in this scenario, it, um, you know, if you go back to work in the Chicago public schools, you'll be hailed as, um, you know, someone who is a hero in many eyes for going back into the, um, into work to, uh, help children and to educate, and maybe that would foster a greater appreciation for their plights. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, I know we, we come down slightly differently on this issue, but I personally feel as though it's time for them to come back to work. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. So is it time to move on to the next bozo? I think it's I think it's time. Okay, our last bozo. This is Let's a, hear a it. I, though. Brian, I'm simply ecstatic. Bring it on. You are a bozo. Our final bozo, courtside Karen. Oh, there's a bozo. You may have heard of her. Karen, who is actually 25-year-old Juliana Carlos, and her husband got into a brief verbal scuffle with LeBron James, while the two were sitting courtside at a game between the Atlanta Hawks and the Lakers. Mr. Carlos was loudly trash-talking LeBron, and LeBron responded, calling him, quote, old steroid ass, and telling him to shut the F word up. Whoa. Courtside Karen returned the favor, telling LeBron to shut the F word up, and saying, quote, don't talk to my husband like that. Karen and her friends were then asked to leave the State Farm Arena. LeBron James and Courtside Karen both had rebuttals on social media that night with LeBron coining the term for courtside Karen and um, Karen calling LeBron a uh, P-word, A-word, uh, B-word. Huh. Sounds like a... <laughs> Did Brian, you file? I'm going to file this case under B for Bozo. All right, Everett, it's time for you to make your final determination. Let's remind you of what's at stake here. Of who are your options are. Governor Cuomo, the San Francisco Public Schools, 
Chicago's Teachers Union or Courtside Karen? I'm going to put my vote. Careful now. For, I think, the largest bozo of them all in this pack. And I'm going to say the San Francisco Public Schools. They have they encompass all of what is wrong here in many of the bozos we have showcased this week. Um, they do not want to do their jobs. And uh, they are being overly woke. This is a very conservative edition of Bozo of the Week. I'm, I might Extremely. Add. We are Brian targeting has, many Democrats. Brian has taken a Reagan <laughs> shift to the far right. Who are you going to pick? Let it rip. Um, gee, you know, for all the Bozos in the world, it kind of seems like Andrew Cuomo has marketed himself as, an, as the anti-bozo, only then to become a bozo. For all that... He became what he sought to destroy. For all that, you know, Courtside Karen, I was going to go with her, but in the grand scheme of things, she didn't hurt anybody. But Andy, well, he ran into some real trouble. I'm going to put my bet on him. All right, how do we, how do we settle this? I really don't know how there's any way nominees? we can do this. <laughs> there's a, really no good system. There's only two we need, of us. We need a bozo arbiter to come in. We need to arbitrate right now. For when we don't... I think we can go to the robot here. <laughs> okay, robot, I need you to what pick... What will a, the robot say? Robot, I need you to pick a number between um, one and two. No, 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 no. No, I'm talking about bozo bot 3000, the one who appears yeah, in the robot opening and closing credits. <laughs> the robot, yeah. Bozo bot. So we're call- let's, hear I- what we is- let's see what he was to say. My pick for Bozo is that king of Bozos down there in Albany, New York. I side with Everett here. Cuomo is Bozo. Thank you, Robert. I It means a lot to me. I'm coming off with a victory here. We should have here. Will in here. I feel we like should have Will in here. Just to call the- your brother in to and just the bozo. tell him to pick one or two. Flip a coin. Okay. <laughs> but the Robot will stay for this one. Up. Yeah, in the future where we have this, we can have Will choose. Just shout his name and he'll say, yeah. We will have Will write something for the robot to say. And it'll be hilarious. Yeah. All right, that's our Bozo of the Week. That was an epic Bozo moment. You made it this far. I think that ends our episode this week, You handled it. Oh, yeah, you made it out alive. I think that's the end of our episode, huh? All that's I can say our... now is go Bucks. Ah, uh, sorry. I'm man. I'm siding with the Chiefs. Really? My thanks to Daniel Foss, my cousin, for making graciously making an appearance in today's podcast. And I'd like to what thank a, Brian smart for kid, being huh? such a great guy. And I'd like to thank the Bozo Bot and Everett for their constant support and approval. Hey, that's my job. Of the Assad regime. Oh, wait a minute. That's our show for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Everett. You can find me at at Brian Foise on Instagram, at Brian underscore Foise on Twitter. Follow the uh, Twitter for playing catch up, at playing catch underscore up. We actually... Also post clips to a YouTube channel titled 27, spelled out the way the number is spelled out, 27. 
Right. You can find clips. Oh, I've seen. There's them. also some old videos from the Foisy Studios days. Collection. Everett, what are your social media plugs? Uh, I feel like if you look up Everett Beals together on most things, you'll find it. But if you're gonna look on Instagram, you really ought to do not underscore Everett B. There's a funny picture of me, but it's drawn out. That's it. You'll find me. All right. Sounds like we've had a successful episode this week. Sounds Thanks like it. Doesn't mean it's true. Who made it the- Not merely by the example of our power, but by the power of our example.